Hey everyone, welcome back to the More with Nikki Dutton podcast. It is March and I hope that your 2023 is rocking and rolling. Today's episode features a conversation with a new friend of mine, Polly Payne. If you do not know what Horatio printing is, pull out the Safari or Google Chrome, whatever on your phone, search Horatio Printing, click the link in the description, or look at them up on Instagram. I cannot express to you how gorgeous the products that Horatio Printing makes. You'll hear me talk about that a little bit in this conversation, but I am so grateful to have learned about these products, to know what Horatio Printing is, but even more to have met the woman that's behind the whole thing. Polly tells the story of how Horatio Printing launched, what some of the ups and downs along the way have been. We talk about a few big learning opportunities, aka maybe mistakes that have happened since the launch of Horatio Printing nine years ago, and just the heartbeat behind everything Horatio. So I can't wait for you to not only learn the story of this incredible company, not only meet this amazing woman, but also to get to be encouraged or maybe inspired that if you have a dream of something that you want to see come into the world, this conversation exists to help you think through what those next steps might be and just give you the opportunity to pull up a chair, have some coffee and listen to a conversation with someone who has been there and who has done all of this and who has now nine years later seen it be such a success and gift to the world around here. So I cannot wait for you to meet Polly and become friends with her as well. But first, Let me tell you about someone that you've heard me talk about for the last couple months. And this is Olive in June. If by now you don't know, I am a massive Olive in June fan. Olive in June is a nail polish company and they help you to get a salon quality manicure at home through their manicure system. So basically this box has everything you need for that salon quality manicure and you can customize your box with a choice of six different nail polishes. So when you build your system, you actually get to choose what you put into it. And this polish doesn't chip and lasts seven days or more, which that's what we're all looking for out of our nail polish is to get a long lasting wear out of it. And when you really break it down, this comes to about $2 per manicure. What I love is how affordable this makes manicures be. Yes, I love going to the nail salon and getting my nails done, but I don't love the price tag. And I don't think that Scott and I's budget loves it very much either. So this last week, I tried a light pink polish. The On the bottom of it, it says GH is the exact color. And what I loved about this is that it was a bright pink and it gave my nails full coverage uh, without being too transparent. So Olive in June is an Allure Best of Beauty winner. And since they have become friends with the More with Nikki Dutton podcast, they have an offer for you. And that is for you to visit oliveandjune.com slash Nick Dutton for 20% off of your first manicure system. So that's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E.com slash Nick. N-I-K-K-D-U-T-T-O-N for 20% off of your first manicure system. Okay, now let's let you meet Polly. 
All right, Polly. So we met recently at Need Loves. We had a delicious breakfast. So I have actually just gotten to know you recently, but I would love for you to introduce yourself to anyone who's listening who hasn't met you yet. Well, hey, everybody. I'm Polly. I am, gosh, I'm 35. I'm a wife and a mom. I have two little kiddos. I'm the CEO and founder of Horatio Printing. Sorry, my voice has not woken up today yet. (laughs) (laughs) We were just talking Um, about that. (laughs) Yeah. And so, yeah, that's really where I spend a lot of my time. I, um, you know, started that company in New York City when I was living on Horatio Street. Funny fun fact. And that was, gosh, almost nine years ago. That's crazy. crazy. Coming up on the ninth year anniversary. Wow. And I mean, how did you even have the idea to start Horatio Printing? So can you explain what Horatio Printing is today mm-hmm. and then kind of like what the origin story there was? Yeah. So let's go back to 2014. I was living my quote-unquote best life. Uh, I had been living in New York for six years. I'm originally from Alabama and moved up there, was kind of climbing the corporate ladder, doing really well in sales and marketing. Um, And my spiritual life and different other areas of my life was just a mess. I had a lot of dreams. I wanted to start a company. I always had this like burrowing dream in my heart to like launch something, start something. And I just sat on so many dreams. They were on the back burner. And I've always been like a paper planner girl because I cannot remember anything to save my life. Yeah, same. <laughs> write everything down. And so I had this dream for a planner and I had my dream for a couple other products, like an app. And basically there was this one day I went to church and I heard Erwin McManus preach. And he was preaching on the artisan's soul. I think he was actually on like book tour at the time for that book, which is incredible. So I immediately picked up that book and it really spoke to me because he kind of explains how we're all artists because we're created in the image of God. And we just lose that artisan soul over the years. And that felt so true for me. I painted growing up. I always did art class and like I hadn't painted in so long. I hadn't pursued any of my like passions and creativity. And I started to read that book. And what he explains is your life is the most important canvas you can ever create. You know, you need to create your masterpiece and you have to get serious about it. You Mm -hmm. have to really cut things out. You have to be intentional with your time and your schedule, what you're focusing on, what you're eliminating in terms of distractions. And I had a lot of those. I was living in the city. I was spending all my money. I was going out all the time. I was taking people out. Like I was just a party girl. and there was so much of my life that was unhealthy. And I was like, okay, I've got to get serious. And of course my thought was, I need a planner. Yeah. (laughs) And so uh, I decided to make one beautiful planner that would be excellent for Christians, mostly women, because I've pictured calligraphy on the front, but we do have a lot of men that love the planner too, my Mm -hmm. husband being one of them. And um, I just started working on that planner and that concept so I could get serious about creating the life that I want and that life being uh, centered around God and who I am becoming in Christ. And so worked furiously for a few months. Uh, We launched the company in three months. We sold out in four months. That's wild. Um, 
Yeah. And so it was just wild. That was wild. So that was 2014. My first thing was the planner in 2015. And since then, we've built a lot of other things. We've come out with soap Bible studies and notepads and journals. I've done a lot of different things too, like book clubs and subscription boxes and, you know, tried different things because I love to just create new things, Mm -hmm. um, shiny objects for sure. And so now we've kind of wrangled it back into planners and devotionals and really kind of sitting there. Yeah, well, and I actually was gifted a planner from you recently, and I actually didn't use it myself because my sister's birthday was coming up, and I was like, oh, she would love this. Like this, she's just at this point in her life and her career where she is looking for tools that will help her be more efficient, and she is definitely an appreciator of all things beautiful, and so I just gifted it to her this last week, and she was stunned, like loved it. I mean, even from the package— like all the way through to the planner. She just had not received anything like that before. So I can attest it is gorgeous. It's stunning and it's very, very practical. So then her and I were just flipping through it and looking through all of it and she loved it, like absolutely loved it. So I can definitely attest that the product is incredible, but the story behind it is pretty amazing too because when I think about launching a business or taking an idea and making it tangible. For me, there's a huge fear of failure. Like I just don't want to get it wrong. And like, what if I like go bankrupt or like, what if I like make, you know, build a team and I can't pay this team? Like, it's just so, there's so much fear and it can be so scary. So how did you like navigate that? And I know you've said that there's also a story of God's faithfulness and making mistakes along the way. So would you share that too? Absolutely. Well, yeah, fear of failure is going to be there. I still have it. Fear of judgment. Are people yes. going to think I'm crazy? I mean, here I was, this party girl. I mean, people in the city knew me as Polly. Let's call her up when <laughs> yeah. we're ready to go out. You know, it, it was like, here I am with this Christian product. Right. I kind of felt a lot of that. Like, what are people going to think? Here I am mm-hmm. starting this company and I still don't, haven't got my life together. I'm, oh, you know, I'm creating this product to help me get my life together, but I'm still yeah. a mess. I feel that way on this podcast. I'm like, this is not an indication that I like have life figured out at all. <laughs> yeah. And I still don't claim to have it figured out, but I am on a better path for yes. sure. Yes. Um, but, you know, so often we shoot ourselves down before mm-hmm. we even give ourselves the opportunity to try. I think failure is healthy. Failure is good. You know, when I was in sales, there's a lot of rejection. There's a lot of fail- failure you go through, you know, uh, right. getting up and presenting and something goes wrong and your slide deck's not working and they don't buy, you know, like yeah. I had gone through a lot of that. So I was, I had a lot of peace when I was building the product uh, there's something about being in building mode that isn't as scary mm-hmm. as right the launching mode. And so I had a lot of peace because I really felt God was calling me to take my skills, my people skills, and use them for His purposes. Mm-hmm. So God has put these giftings in us, and we often use those in our career, our vocation. But all of those giftings are always designed to right. further His kingdom. And so that was like the first thing that I kind of rested on was like, okay, you know, I'm going to help you and like just do it. And so I just kind of focused on the doing and also mm-hmm. focused on the person I would be helping, which honestly at first it was me. But that's kind of the advice I give people is the obedience of finally pursuing the thing. It has way less to do with you and way more to do with who you're helping. So mm-hmm. the more you can take your mind off of yourself, which is kind of selfish. Yeah. 
thinking and put it on the person you're helping and keep your eyes straight ahead at that, that is helpful. Now, Mm -hmm. the other part, what if I go bankrupt? What if I can't afford this? (laughs) Like, that's why you have to make a budget. I didn't just quit my job and say, I'm making a planner. You know, I... It was a side hustle for a year and a half. I still had an income coming in. And here's the deal. And I say this to people when you're making a big decision like this. All right, what's the best that could happen? We sell out. I take the money and I try to do it again. You know, what's the worst that could happen? Five people buy it, most of them being my family. (laughs) And I, you know, lose X amount of money. Mm -hmm. Can I deal with the downside? Can I handle that? And at the time, I was using my money from sales and uh, like my commission check uh, quarterly to like buy the planners. And it was like, you know what? I really, really want this. I really wanted it for myself. And so, um, and my team that helped me design it, they volunteered at our church in New York. And so they gave it, we just gave it away like hotcakes, like here, have it, you know, to all these different people. We were very open-handed with the product Mm -hmm. in order for it to get in as many hands as possible that first year. And we did everything we could to make sure that it would land in their hands as excellently as possible. They would be like, wow, this is amazing. Because you only really get one chance at that first impression, you know? And so we went over the top when it came to paper choice and thickness and the design and everything. And we were printing domestically then. We now print overseas. Um, we've been able to reduce our costs by 70% and keep the quality and even make it better. And so um, that first year, it was a huge investment. Mm-hmm. And we just kept going. Like we, we, you know, proceed as if success is the only option. But that's the decision-making thing I like to do is like, what's the best case What's the worst case? Can I live with the worst case? Yeah, one, I like that you even started with like, what is the best case? I think a lot of us start with what is the worst case? And that is part of the equation. You do have to factor in, like you said, can I survive whatever the worst case might be? Financially, personally, like, can I do that? For sure, that needs to be a part of the equation. But I think that we flip those. And so when we start with like the worst, then it's like, oh, I'll never survive this. You know, we don't even consider, well, what is the best that could happen? And I mean, even behind you, like that's a big phrase that you guys say, the best is yet to come. And I think like starting with that in mind really makes a big difference in how you launch something. And I mean, what happened? What were some of the mistakes that you made along the way? And then how did you recover? And like you survived obviously, but how, how did you do that? So the first mistake I made was I spelled Horatio wrong. I that lived happens. On, I lived on Horatio <laughs> Street, Horatio with a T. Mm-hmm. And when I went to file for my LLC using LegalZoom, uh, for some reason that day, I put a C. And that's very <laughs> poly of me. Yeah. Um, I misspell everything. It took me so long to learn how to even spell my middle name. Like, it's I've, it's just a running joke in my yeah. family that, like, I can't spell. I'm not great at my multiplication. I've always had that you know, I'm not smart enough and, you know, just kind of chip on my shoulder, I guess, or limiting belief. And, you know, when that happened and I got, I got the big, you know, letter in the mail and it was like that moment of like, oh my gosh, my business is legit. And at this point, 
the planners are printed. We're actually already starting to sell them. Don't tell the government. And yeah. like we were, you know, I was like, oh gosh, it's going to, it takes a little bit for that to yeah. come back. And anyway, so I get all this stuff in the mail and I'm so excited. I go outside to the street sign and I'm holding the paperwork up. Like I'm going to take an Instagram. This is Instagram worthy, you know, like the LLC is here. My stamp is here. The little notebooks here, you know, and, uh, my heart just drops. I notice, oh my gosh, these are spelled differently. Mm-hmm. I did the Spanish pronunciation, like Horacio printing. <laughs> so all these people think I have this Spanish company, right? Which is fine, except for yeah. I don't. Except for don't, that's not what you intend Spanish, you know. <laughs> it worked great when I lived in Orlando for a few years. Yes. But yeah, anyway, so it was just that moment of like, see you can't even spell the company right. What makes you think you can budget and do finances and run a business? And that was probably the first moment that I was like, should I just quit? Like, mm-hmm. what am I doing? Yeah. You know, like imposter yeah. syndrome. And, you know, I just decided to keep going and, you know, we're going to roll with it. And so I think the big lesson there was like grace upon grace and just give yourself grace and keep rolling with it. And like, let that be part of your story that you're open about. And so I think that's blessed some people, but I've had some situations where we made a mistake and um, I've had situations where people have tried to scam me and then like not pay me for inventory. Um, We've had a lot of situations, but one in particular, we were getting a entire container unit worth of products delivered one year. We were building these, anyways, it was a whole shipping container. That's insane. I cannot even fathom. (laughs) And it gets to the port of, I think at that point we were coming into Jacksonville because our Mm -hmm. warehouse was in Orlando and it didn't have country of origin on it. For whatever reason, Mm -hmm. our team over there overseas, like didn't put it and they always put it. It was like, why not this year? It was like, oh, you didn't tell us. It was like, oh my gosh. And the port was like, we can't, customs can't bring this in there's so it's sitting there in florida costing money every day (laughs) and like the container has to get back on the ship to go back over the atlantic ocean and so you're paying all these crazy fees and they come back and they're like listen we're gonna have to get the union involved they're gonna have to come in and create stickers and label every single product. And there was 8,000 pieces of stuff in this container unit, including like bookmarks, like every single bookmark needed a sticker. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this is going to cost, this could cost $20,000, $40,000. Yeah. And what's your reaction? Like, is it like disbelief? Is, are you crying? (laughs) I'm crying. My heart's dropping. Yeah. I've dealt with a lot of things. And so I, I'm not really shaken easily, knock on wood. Like I've had a lot of people work for me and like stuff goes wrong. Like the air conditioning unit leaks and like all this stuff gets wet. And she calls me freaking out and I'm like, okay, look, let's figure it out. And she's like, how are you not freaking out? So I've, I've dealt with stuff long enough to where like there, it takes a lot to like, yeah, send me over the edge into like panic mode. But this was a panic mode situation. Oh, for sure. Largely because I'd already opened up pre-orders on these products. People had paid for them in advance. And, and they're just was, waiting for them to come. Yeah, and they're and, here. We yeah, just here get them and, to you. And honestly, they told me, we will ship all of this back, you know, mm-hmm. and you pay thousands of dollars to get it shipped to you. And it was like, 
oh my gosh, like first off, where am I going to come up with this extra potentially $40,000? And also how long is it going to take for these union workers to make the stickers and then stick on 8,000 products? You're like, we're a print company. We can get you these stickers. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I was like, I've told them, I was like, can I bring my team in to the warehouse? Can we do it? Yeah. Because you have to be gentle. Our products are fragile. Mm -hmm. I don't want Mm -hmm. like people just like throwing these planners around and like messing it all up. They're beautiful. They're already pre-packaged. Anyways, so this is a long story short. Here we go. This is a long story long. Uh, I met with my spiritual director. We went through the story. I think it's Second Chronicles 2.20. I could be totally off there, but it's the story of um, King Jehoshaphat when he just kind of lays everything out and he just tears his, you know, gets in the cloth sack. I was in the cloth sack, (laughs) y'all. And like he just cried and said, you know, I don't know what to do, God. And like just fully surrendered it. And he said, the battle belongs to the Lord. Like, mm-hmm. you know, here it is. And I I went live on Instagram, shared that story, read the Bible, uh, the scripture to them, asked for prayer. And when I got off Instagram live, I got an email that said, so they're making an exception for you at the U.S. Customs and Borders. <laughs> uh, they're just going to p- slap a sticker on every box which should take a day and we'll probably get the stuff to you on Monday or Tuesday. Like, Oh, and then now you're crying different tears. <laughs> now you're like relieved. And that's just yeah. one of many stories of like God stepped in and did what only he can do. And it was surrendered once again to him. Yeah. Cause there's these gut punches that you're like, why is this happening? You know, you learn lesson learned, you know, and that's something I, I would teach to people a hundred times over. Country of origin must be on the carton. <laughs> yeah, there will always be a country of origin on every carton. <laughs> yeah. So I have you know, there's a whole you know, Rolodex of those uh stories where God just stepped in and blessed us so much um and helped us through situations. Yeah. And yeah. So. That's unbelievable. I mean, and I'm sure those those lessons are learned along the way. There's things that you don't know until you're in it. And then, mm-hmm. like you said, there will always be a country of origin sticker on every <laughs> container that comes through. You do learn things as you go. Fig and Loom is near and dear to my heart. If you don't know, Fig and Loom sells stunning Turkish rugs that are each individually named after babies whose lives here on earth were cut far too short, but their memory and their legacy live on, like Scott and I's Hosanna. Friends of ours actually bought the rug that was named for Hosanna for us for Christmas, and it is gorgeous and undoubtedly the thing in our home, the piece that means the most to me. These rugs are hand-knotted. They're woven by women who really pour their hopes and their dreams, their celebration and their despair into the colors and patterns that they weave. And these rugs are designed to be passed down for years to come so the stories can continue to be told generation for generations. These are truly incredible heirlooms to add to your family. And the founder and my friend, Kelly Strife, was on the podcast back in the fall. And it's one of my all-time favorite episodes. And keep in mind, when you purchase textiles from Fig and Loom, you can actually get 15% off of 
anything with the code more with Nikki. So no spaces more with Nikki. If you want to get 15% off of your first purchase and see something that you would like to add to your home. I cannot express enough how gorgeous these rugs are and just how much they mean to the moms and the dads who are behind the names that these rugs are named for. So you can find them at figandloom.co and you can also find them at figandloom.co on Instagram, like I said, and use promo code more with Nikki to get 15% off of your first order. I was thinking, what about the person who's at the very beginning of this? They're like New York, Polly. They have this idea, they have this thought, but they don't know if it's worth pursuing making it tangible or making it realistic, whether that's launching their own podcast. I know I've talked about that on here, that it's remarkably easy to start a podcast. It's actually not as hard as you would think. Um, and then even starting a business or a product or whatever it might be, what advice would you give to someone who's really weighing the cost of like, is it worth it to go for this? You've got to want it, you know? Like if you're like, really hesitant, you know, it's like, you've got to want it in Mm -hmm. a way, right? Like, because you will be driving your ship, you know, and you need to want to be on the ship, (laughs) if that makes sense. Yes. Um, You know, you don't really know until you get out there, like, what God can do with your obedience. I think the most important thing is you show up and bring your 100 And then God will show up and bring his 100. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't just wait and go, well, God's going to do all of this for me and I'm not going to lift a finger. It's going to be passive income or whatever. You have to show up and bring your 100. You know, there's fruit from labor, but you have to labor for the fruit, Mm -hmm. you know? And so if you don't know if it's going to be viable, um, I recommend talking to someone who's done what you want to do. For me, at my company, that I was working at at the time, uh, there was a girl there who launched a zine, like a fancy magazine. Ooh. She did a Kickstarter and it was so cool. And I was like, wow, you did it. She raised like, I think 10 grand on a Kickstarter. She launched her magazine and I was like, cool. And see, just seeing someone do it, mm-hmm. it was like, well, that makes my planner idea a little more feasible. Right. And I asked her questions. I got her printer contact which I don't use that printer anymore because they're super expensive. Yeah. But, um, you know, it it gave me the stepping stones I needed. And I was able to sit in her presence. And that makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Don't talk to somebody about your idea who has never, ever, ever attempted anything like you want to attempt. Do you know why? Because they could blow out your candle. You have this dream in your heart. Don't talk to a bunch of candle blower outers. When you step out of your comfort zone, you're going to disrupt their comfort zone and they will come to you. Is this a good idea? I'm not really sure. Talk to people who have done it. Seek wise counsel, not comfortable counsel. Mm. You know, that's important because I think our dreams are so vulnerable in their infancy or in their conception Mm -hmm. phase. Go talk to someone who's done it. If you want to start a podcast, talk to someone who started a podcast get their advice on it, get their input. Um, If you're wanting to launch a particular product or service, talk to someone who would be your demographic. Ask them questions. Hey, uh, do you ever deal with this problem? What kind of solutions have you looked into? I'm thinking of something, but just listen, ask questions, stay curious. 
curiosity is what will elevate you to success if you stay in it long enough. Mm -hmm. But I think the big thing is talk to people, get around people who have done it and don't just talk to your mom or your aunt or whatever, or people who have not done what you want to do. Not to say you shouldn't talk to your parents about it or anything, you know, I mean, you should, but if you just need to seek wise counsel Mm -hmm. and talk to people who have actually taken those steps so you can learn from them. Yeah, completely. I like that you said not to to be careful not to just seek comfortable counsel because I think that um, especially when we have an idea like this, sometimes you do want all of those yes people that are going to say, yes, do this, do this, do this, do this. And it's like you want someone who is going to challenge you as well. Someone who's going to say, yes, you can do this, but it is going to be a challenge. And here are some things to expect. And here are some next steps to take. I was having a conversation with someone about that years ago. And they were like, if you want to do this, then do this type of research first. And if you get burnt out on that, and if that's not life-giving to you, and if you don't enjoy that, or it's not worth it for you to do that, then you're probably not going to want to see this thing all the way through to the end. And that just might be an indication that maybe you pivot and tweak your idea a bit to be something different or that you lean into it and see that through. So I think that that was really good advice as well. So I think that makes a lot of sense. And then I'm also thinking about the person who's listening to this podcast that they have some kind of tangible product that they want to make. They're like, wow, yes, planners, calendars, books, magazines, whatever, postcards, like, I don't know, whatever it is. And when we were getting breakfast, you mentioned to me, you said, I... Polly, enjoy making beautiful things and helping other people know how to do that well. And you talk about making a product that's beautiful and that's tangible, but that's also excellent. And you've even mentioned that a few times. And so that led to the launch of something new that you're trying. You said you like to try new things, which is the print school. So this is for someone who, like, if you've tuned out, that's listening, that's like, yes, I have a tangible product I would like to create. So what is the print school Who is it for and how does that work? So for years after making my planners, we've sold, you know, thousands and thousands around the world. People would come to me and say, who's your printer? How do you do it? Can can you print my planner? I have an idea. Can you make mine? And they would come to us as if we are Kinko's, you know, or they just Mm -hmm. want to pick my brain, right? Yeah. And so for a long time, I was like, no, I'm not sharing my information. (laughs) And I had, I was burned. I did have someone come to me and then copy Mm -hmm. me. And uh, so I was like, okay, I'm going to hold this close to the chest. Yeah, yeah. And I finally just realized that there's so many things that need to be made that I just can't make all the things. And Mm -hmm. so I started building print school. I launched it in June of last year. And so far we have about 50, right now we have like 59 incredible students that are all printing their thing, their own devotional, their own planner, their own like hybrid workbook product for their coaching service. Um, journals, all sorts of stuff. And so print school really takes you from, I have an idea all the way to, I've launched the idea and sold 500 or a thousand or however many you want to sell. And so I help you get it out of your head onto paper. We go through the whole process of design. Um, My designer teaches you how to design it in Adobe or Canva. We give you templates. Um, We have monthly group coaching calls. And um, yeah, it's super fun. I've really enjoyed it. We've had so many people launch their own planners. Uh, We have an OBGYN who's launching her fertility 
journal with all of her, you know, amazing stuff inside. And it's, that one's really cool. I just saw the sample of it two days ago and it's called Salta. And it's, which is the word of when uh, John the Baptist leaped in the belly, Mm. that word is Salta. And so it's just really cool stuff. Um, And I've really just enjoyed helping people get their ideas out and figure out the way because Mm -hmm. they don't have to go the hard road like I did and spend way too much money or, you know, big investments. Like people, when they are finishing print school and finally buying their inventory, they're spending like 15% of what I spent on my first print run. And it's high quality. It's amazing. I give you my printer, you connect with them and all of that. So yeah, that's print school. Um, that has been so much fun. I'm actually doing a workshop this month in March. Okay. Uh, it's a five-day challenge, March 20th through the 24th, where I'm teaching like five days of printing. Um, so if you're like, I have an idea, but I don't have it baked, like join yeah. me for five days and we'll bake it together. Um, and you can see and just kind of weigh out the pros and cons. Is this life-giving? Is it not? So if you're like, I'm curious, like be sure to join that workshop. Um, that's going to be super fun. That's amazing. Well, and I'll make sure that everything's linked below as well. So if anyone wants to click through and just express interest or get some more information about that, or if anyone wants to go ahead and sign up, I know that we'll make that possible for everyone too. And I liked that when we were talking about the print school, I just was imagining this moment that you mentioned where that person, that individual gets to hold in their hands a that first part of their product, they get that sample. I just can't imagine like what that moment is like. And even for you and your team and your designer, who's taking all of these individuals through this, what are some of those reactions that you've seen when someone holds that sample for the first time? Oh, it's like overwhelm. I mean, I hate to compare it, but it's kind of like holding a baby for the it first time. It kind of is, yeah. I mean, you work on these things for three months to nine months, you know, yeah. and it's a labor of love. Mm-hmm. And um, it is really special. And I love that people are getting the opportunity to create something stunning and luxury, you know, and the linen with the gold foil or, you know, just really beautiful products. Um, I think it's really, it scratches this creative itch that I think we Mm -hmm. all have as humans to create something from our brain and like actually see it through. And it's special. I think paper products in general are so powerful in the way that they help us process this crazy life. And we're in such a digital space. I think paper often gives us the opportunity to slow down, uh, to refocus, to recenter, process, and heal. So it's cool. It's really fun. We have videos of our students uh, getting their thing and just tearing up. I know I teared up the first time I held my first planner and it was just like so overwhelming um, I mean, it's nothing like holding your baby, I'll be honest. I know. Like, that's different. But, but at the time, that was the biggest thing closest to it when I first Completely. Did it. And you've carried this idea for years. Some people mm-hmm. have carried these ideas for years. And so mm-hmm. you kind of liken that, obviously, to carrying a child with you. There is there's something special about that, like mm-hmm. caring for it, tending to it, and mm-hmm. then getting to actually hold it in your hands is an unreal moment. And I wanted to say, too, that you guys at Horatio have made this claim that you guys want to be a part of the anti-trafficking movement. That's been a huge part of the Horatio story, especially over the last few years. And so you took this idea, 
made it into a product, then took that product and made it into a business. And then now you've taken that business and are turning around and giving back, not just through the print school and like helping those up behind you, but also helping others in a totally different sector. And so that's what originally connected us was A21 and that you have been such an advocate for our work at A21, but you actually got to go on a trip with our team to a location internationally. And I would love for you just to briefly share that story of kind of what you saw. Why did you choose A21? Like, why have you continued to partner with A21 after all these years? Um, And just even just mention what's the point? What's the point of connecting this business, this thing that's yours to something else, like a nonprofit or a cause? I think we, true fulfillment is connecting to something bigger, you know, something bigger than yourself. And while I do that through creating the products and like other people's lives, they pursue their dreams and they do their thing. I felt just such a tug when I heard Christine Kane speak at church. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time, that song had just come out, Break My Heart for What Breaks Yours. And it was so clear that like, it broke my heart. It just did. Yeah. And God moved my heart. And I decided we're going to start, you know, as simple as it is, tithing to A21 as a company. Like, why not? And so as soon as I did that, God unlocked incredible blessing in my business. Um, And it was just, it felt so aligned and so clear and so just easy, you know, like, why not do this? And I think it's important to know with these big situations, um, like, you know, the human trafficking problem being so big, you know, so daunting, uh, there is possibility to make a difference. And Mm -hmm. so it was a great way to like, rally my customers around this problem um, to get them involved, to just drive awareness to it and to build connection. I think it made them feel better about their purchase and it made me feel better earning profit. And so it was like, this just makes a lot of alignment and sense. And so when they invited me to go to a, to the, um, to one of the original locations in Europe, I was like, why not? Yeah, trip to Europe, let's go. And so me and my husband went and it was so emotionally taxing, to be quite honest. It was so gut-wrenching to hear the stories, but it was, I was so filled with hope at the end and I was so validated in the investments we had given to this company because I didn't know the full backstory of like, where your money goes and what the journey looks like for the survivor. But what's always drawn me to A21 and why I will always stay with A21 is the fact that they go the long road with every single person to have that ultimate goal of their full life restoration. Mm -hmm. Because it's not just this quick solution, one size fits all. It's these long roads helping them with life skills, with support, with community, with medical bills, because they've been uh, neglected and abused. And so just that it's so holistic and it's so amazing. And so after hearing, you know, some of the gut-wrenching stories, you get to hear a lot of the stories of hope. And it was so powerful. It was so amazing. We, we went to the red light district. We went to a lot of dark places. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went to Bulgaria to see where a, a lot of people are taken from. And, you know, we went across the border to see how easy it was. And it was, it was just eye-opening for sure to get out of my bubble Mm -hmm. and to really 
go in and see like one of the epicenters, I guess. Yeah. Well, and you and I talked about this. Like one of the things that stands out from any experience with A21 in that way is getting to meet the team who is walking this out every single day without any fame or acclaim or acknowledgement. They're just doing the work and the long-term work, like living in that community, being a part of that community and creating real friendships and relationships with the individuals that go through A21's programs. It is remarkable. I mean, it is life-changing and you're like, I will give anything I have to make sure that this happens. And yeah, Horatio has been a huge advocate for A21, one of the biggest. And so it's just been amazing to see that over the last few years and we're excited for what will happen next. But yeah, had to mention that because that was the thing that brought us together. And I just thought that it's really cool. People have heard me talk on this podcast a ton about A21 and the anti-trafficking movement, but to hear from somebody else and their perspective who got to see it on the ground is really really special. Um, but as we come to a close, this is kind of the last question I always wrap up the podcast with. This podcast is called More. And the whole idea behind that was how we can seek out the more that's around us every single day. It doesn't have to be anything huge or massive. A lot of it is in what you've already said, but I would love to know what has finding more in your own life looked like so far this year. I mean, we're a couple months into 2023, but yeah, what does more look like for Polly right now? Mm. I've been doing a lot of more, uh, more, which I'm excited about. Like this time last year, I was five weeks postpartum. I was just telling my husband this. I'm just so happy to not be postpartum. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like everything feels like more at this yes. year because it was like starting the new year. I gave birth mm-hmm. on December 29th and it was like, Gee. happy new year, like new year yeah. to you. And it's like, I'm just trying to survive over here and like yes. get an hour of sleep here and there. Um, so this year already feels like leaps and bounds more productive. Yeah. Uh, but I've been doing more uh, self-care, truly. Mm-hmm. I've been going to bar class. I've been consistent. I've created a schedule that allows me to pour into my self-care and my home and my blessings. And so for the first time, and it feels like forever, I'm actually working out Monday, (laughs) Wednesday, Friday, and it's part of my routine and it's life-giving and it helps me to sleep at night. So that's been kind of my more is like Mm -hmm. actually making time for that. And the other thing that I'm doing more of is after when I sit down to work, I've been listening to my Lectio 365 app. I do Lectio 365. I love it. I, I love, love it, it so I much. It with my journal. And so more of that, just more of the fundamental needs in my life mm-hmm. and making sure that my schedule um, embodies it and prioritizes it. And that has led to a lot of fruit of just the consistency. Uh, I heard this quote and it was like, um, habits eat willpower for breakfast. Yes, I've seen that. Being getting into stronger habits and actually like feeling like they're they're solidifying in my life, my willpower has increased and that feels mm-hmm. so good. Completely. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that that's my more for now is yeah. just those two things, physical and spiritual, like pouring into that being consistent has uh has really helped start the year off in a good foot. 
Yeah, I found that too. I mean, even in this really simple way of like before bed, like rethinking that evening routine of like winding down and like turning the lights down and putting the phone away, things like that. I've already seen it make such a big difference in the way that I wake up the next day. You know, you're like, oh, this will help me go to sleep better, but it actually helps you wake up better the next day and be more productive and more alert and just more engaged with life. It's weird how like taking time out can feel like it gives you back extra bonus time, which is really, really cool. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Polly. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for creating Horatio and for all the beautiful products that you guys offer. Um, I, like I said, I'm a new friend and new fan of Horatio. So I'm really excited for everything that's to come. And I'll make sure that everyone has a link to figure out if they want to do the print school to find their own products through Horatio to find you on Instagram. And then also we didn't even get to talk about this, but you have your own podcast that you launched in 2020 and there are so many good episodes. And if people listen along, they'll even get to hear you make a pivot in that podcast, which is really cool from being more focused on planning to being more focused on printing, which just happened recently. So I'll make sure everybody has access to that, but thank you. Thank you so, so much for being here. Thanks for having me. This was so fun. I absolutely adore Polly and I'm so grateful that Horatio Printing exists in this world. So I want you to be friends with her as well. You can go to Instagram and search at Polly underscore pain. You can also search at Horatio Printing on Instagram as well to find them. And I highly encourage that you listen to the Dream Printing Podcast. It's so good, not just for people who want to create some type of tangible product, but for anyone who just responded well to the life-giving advice that Polly shared in this episode. That is what her podcast is all about. And And I, of course, encourage you to go visit Horatio Printing to find your own beautiful piece to add to your life at HoratioPrinting.com. Okay, until next time.